everyone. Welcome back to um, Realm of the Mist. Presented had to be said with Venus. It has been so long since we've done one of these. But we're back and we're ready to have some fun. Um, we're here with my co-host, Christopher Stolle. What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm back for another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my very special guest host, um, Mr. Bob Sinclair. Um, he's going to tell you a bit about himself. That'd be doctor. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I'm a research scientist, and I've been following COVID-19 since the Chinese first announced it in December. I actually believe that they were lying. It was probably October or earlier when they had their first uh, cases. Um, and... Uh, I was one of these people who liked doing research and was stupid enough to go to school for 12 years after high school. Um, but uh, I respect uh, uh, intelligent people. And Venus and I, for example, uh, often disagree with one another on various issues, but she's bright as hell. And I, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy our conversations. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of an independent person, and so I borrow from the center left and center right, but I stay far away from Antifa and neo-Nazis. There. That 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 seems about <laughs> accurate. Uh, I I can't speak for Venus, but myself, I always call myself right of center. Like there's there are liberal things that I that I do agree with, and 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 ideals that that fit my lifestyle. But more often than not, I usually classify as a as a conservative, just not a, a alt-right conservative, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'd be kind I of... I used uh, to be more liberal. Like, a long time ago, I used to be a lot more liberal, but then, like, kind of being more liberal and being around liberal people, I realized how much I was not liberal. <laughs> I think, I I think... Just, I'm just probably... You see, in, in the U.S., in, and Canada, centrists mean completely different things, okay? A centrist in Canada is kind of right in the middle, and I might be just a slightly bit left of center, but they still support things like, you know, universal health care, which, you know, uh, in the States reeks of socialism. Uh, and, uh, and a centrist in the States would support the military-industrial complex, and a centrist in Canada would not. Uh, so there are difference, differences in using those terms cross border. Well, I yeah, think I think it's from the state. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest ideals, and and especially in the United States, uh, thanks thanks to President Trump being uh, being elected, it, it brought out a lot of the, uh, the 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 bad on both sides of the aisle, and unfortunately, it's pretty much eliminated the uh, the the centrists or or moderates, if you will. Uh, because of the fact that, like, nowadays it's either you're conservative or you're liberal. And it doesn't matter where you fit into there into that spectrum. They automatically say, well, if you're a conservative, you're automatically all right. You're automatically a neo-Nazi. You're automatically a white supremacist, a racist or whatever. And the same for the liberals. If you're, if you're, you're a socialist, you're a communist. You're a socialist. You're 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 a communist. You're you're all you want is free shit. You know, don't care where it comes from, like all that stuff. It, it's it's it, it's exhausting to even try to keep up with. <laughs> well, I, and, you know, I, this is, you know, it's not quite as bad in Canada, but it's still a bimodal distribution. 
Yours is bigger. You got a lot of people on the left. You got a lot of people on the right. And there's nobody in between. And we're seeing the same sort of thing in Canada. And I'm hoping that the Gen Z people or Gen Z, since we're in the States, uh, <laughs> that the Gen Z, the Gen Z people fill in the middle because the millennials haven't. <laughs> so, right. Um, and, and so then we'd get a normal distribution again and we could have some people that are realistic because the problem with having these bimodal distributions is that people don't talk to each other. And if you don't talk to each other, you're not going to solve problems. That's exactly yeah. it. And I, I think, and I think, I think especially for, for the topic of conversation that we're about to have today, you can't have, uh, uh, I, I, I was about to use the word bipartisan point of view, but I don't think that's the correct term. Uh, you can't you can't have polarizing points of view with this because it is affecting everybody. So we need to put aside our our political points of view and concentrate on the matter at hand and what's best for everybody to to make this go away. Well, see, I don't know. You, you people probably don't pay attention to a great deal of, of the interaction between Canada and the U.S. because in the grand scheme of the world, Canada is kind of meaningless. Um, but Canada and Australia simultaneously announced that we weren't sending anybody, anybody to the Olympics and the next day the Olympics was canceled. So small countries can have big effects. However, what, what your president did yesterday was reprehensible, okay? Uh, he said 3M, you can't ship any more N95 masks to Canada. And, and 3M pushed back and said, excuse me, no. And so somebody needs to remind the president that we're your biggest trading partner and might want to remind the president that when Katrina hit, we sent people down to deal with like we sent for free, we sent down people to deal with electricity, with rebuilding levees and dams. 9-11, we brought in all the planes from um, that, that couldn't land in the U.S. and housed people in Canada and took care of them. We sent first responders to 9-11. We got involved with your silly war in Afghanistan, and our guys are dying over there beside your guys. And uh, and and he's more than willing to send masks to China because he likes despots like Duarte and Z and Kim and, and and Putin. But he likes to alienate his allies. Plus, on top of this all, yeah, we got, you know, th probably a thousand nurses that are working that live in Canada and go back between the border from Windsor to Detroit and Fort Erie to Buffalo, we might just suggest to them not to go. And the next time that the U.S. wants aid from Canada, oh, we oh, we sent firefighters down to deal with the uh, wildfires in California last year, too. Maybe we might not be so nice in the future. I, I don't yeah, know. Canada I think, is I, a very giving country. Uh, I was about to say, we I think it's kind of in much. your nature. It's, it's kind of in What's your nature that? to be... You give too we're much. too nice to a fault. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. But you know what? There gets to be a point where you've been trodden on so long that you say, guess what? Ain't happening anymore. <laughs> well, look, I, I, it, I, I will maybe say. Maybe brought Zach and then maybe he had the balls to do that. But I, I don't know. Trudeau's a little bit of a pansy. So. <laughs> well, he is. He is. Although he did threaten Trump yesterday with the nurses. He said, well, just keep him well, home. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if he'll pull through or not. Who who knows? We'll see. But, uh, but, yeah. but here's, I, a, here's, here's a more important issue. Okay. Is, is, I've been, I've been uh, in the background advising, uh, I, I'm a member, I'm a member of this group of international scientists who've been following this COVID-19 stuff. And, I've been behind the scenes advising the federal government because the people of the provincial government don't like me very much. Provinces like a state. Um, and uh, about what our response should be. And we got our ducks in a row, not as quickly as I would have liked, but they adopted and implemented everything that I suggested. And the problem in the U.S. right now is that you guys are competing cross, you know, states are competing for this and that, and FEMA's trying to like get their fingers in the pie and make money. And, and you know, mm-hmm. this ain't the time to be doing that. And there's got to be cooperation. And, you know, Cuomo was right the other day. He said, look, at, we got to contend with our hotspot. And as soon as we're done, we're going to help everybody else. And, and this is not a partisan issue. You're right. You're absolutely right about it. And the way that, you know, these mortality rates numbers are just stupid okay because because when you look at it the it's really easy to count dead people right right and i'll give you you know the sort of simple the the the, you know they try and put in recovered in this and that but but let's just look at it simply is you take the number of dead people you divide it by the number of positive cases you multiply it by 100 and you come out with like a uh person a, a, a mortality rate, okay, percentage mortality. But the problem is that the denominator makes no sense because if the epidemiologists are right and between 50 to 70% of the population is going to be infected, instead of like you guys are sitting at almost 3% right now, well, instead of dividing by the number of positive cases, you divide by 70% of the population of the United States, the mortality rate drops way down, right? Right. And 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 it, and then I think a more objective measure, one that makes more sense intuitively to me is we can count dead bodies pretty well. We also have a really good handle on the populations of various countries. OK, so take the number of dead people divided by the population of the country, multiply it by 100. And that's your percentage per capita death rate. Now, that's a real easy one to understand, right? <laughs> you know, per capita death rate. And, uh, and, and the numbers are objective. Right now, you guys are 30 times our per capita death rate. And that I would attribute to absolute lack of planning, lack of preparation. There's only two states that have done anything right. The post-apocalyptic states that are going to exist are California and Washington because they got on it and they got on it fast. 
Well, I, I think I think you're right, but I, you know, that with talking to an expert, and I, I mean, every one of the shows here at Realm of the Mist have done a lot of of coverage on the COVID nineteen. Whether it was something as simple as what are you doing during the quarantine to how do you feel it's affecting you know people uh, and small businesses and and stuff, especially most of all, like we've had those conversations, but I've never had the opportunity to sit down and talk to somebody who's actually researched the virus itself and uh, now, the I, responses. I I haven't researched the virus itself. I've researched the impact of the virus. So, uh, so I, I, I'm not a biologist. I'm more of a method stats guy. Okay. Well, that, that it still it still fits to, to the question I was about to, to about to ask was uh was somebody somebody who even with the responses and stuff um within the United States and maybe even Canada uh, we'll we'll just say North America because it's same continent um. <laughs> um has the response, even even though it's been late, especially here in the United States, is what we're doing the right course of action to to contain this? I mean, is the correct answer quarantining and limiting travel and and you know six feet away with a mask on, or or is there more that we should be doing? Well, here here's my take on it all because I've been I've been kind of watching this as it moves ar- around the world. Uh, first, just as an aside here. Ukraine is going to become, my prediction is Ukraine is going to become the new epicenter in uh, Europe. And we can talk about that later if you want. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, we've, I mean, this, the distancing thing is the number one issue is, and now 96% of the U.S. or a little over 96% of the U.S. is now uh, now has stay-at-home orders. So, I mean, stay-at-home orders mean, you know, you can go out for essential stuff. Uh, hand-washing is of utmost importance because if you, when you go out, you're going to be touching things. You don't need gloves, okay? Gloves, first of all, give you a false sense of security. And we touch, we touch our face a lot during the day. Now, somebody said 2,000 times, that actually came from a movie starring Kate Winslet, okay? Really, we, we probably touch our, our faces about five, around 500 times a day. And, and you know, that it, in some senses, that's a, an evolutionary thing because we, we were probably trying to bat flies off of our faces so that we didn't get malaria or yellow fever or typhoid or something and die. Um, but your skin is as effective as, you know, it, it doesn't get in through your skin. And in fact, if you even if you got a cut, it doesn't get in through your skin. So when you come home and you've touched your doorknob to open your door to go into your house, the first thing you do is, you know, put your stuff away that you need to put away, maybe clean, you know, clean the stuff off so that you don't have to worry about touching it again. And then wash your hands with warm water, not hot, warm for two minutes and you need to keep your social distance even at home with your friends, your spouse, your children, etc. Because, you know, we know from looking at the cruise line data that some people are test positive and are absolutely asymptomatic. And they would never be tested if it wasn't that they were on, on, the, on these ships. Uh, and some people that the effects are so minimal that 
like if you were if you were at home and you got the you know the, these kind of like minimal effects, you'd never go seek medical help. Well, I think now everybody would, okay? Because and I think the healthcare system in both countries is getting overwhelmed by people who start having a sneeze and they decide they've got COVID nineteen, right? Right. Now, in terms it's of flu that, season. well, flu season's over in Ontario. But, you but, know what? We still have three feet of snow here in Alberta. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's <laughs> it's yeah. 15 degrees in Ontario. Uh, that that, by the way, is in Celsius, just for the uh, American viewers. So multiply <laughs> by um, multiply by two and add 30 it gives you a close one. So what's that? 60 degrees. Um, anyway, um, I. Uh, the economic impact, I'm no economist, okay, but, you know, we're all pe pretty bright people st sitting here talking. And the, 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 uh, the Trump already added a trillion dollars to the 2020, basically added a, a trillion dollars to your 2020 deficit that's projected. Well, that's going to balloon enormously. And in Canada, our projected deficit was about, $32 billion. Now, you got to remember that we're one-tenth of the population kind of, well, but a little more than that, but pretty close, okay? Um, uh, and ours is going to balloon incredibly. And in fact, that's going to happen to every country in the entire world. So we're looking at, at something like 1929. We're looking at a depression. And, uh, but you know what? It's going to, the world's going to recover. Um, and, and most of us are going to get through this. Let's put it in the context of this. Spanish flu of, did I say this already? For Spanish flu uh, of 1918 to 1920 killed about 5% of the entire world's population. Okay. COVID-19 so far has killed about 0.0007% of the entire world's population. Now, of course, the world's population is a lot more, so it's a lot more. It's, it's, it might be more people, but in the grand scheme of the comparison, there's no comparison. Like COVID-19 right. just is nowhere near as deadly as the Spanish flu was. Now, here's a big difference, though, between COVID-19 and the flu. <clears throat> is that uh, if you plot um, number of deaths against age... It's a monstrously negatively skewed distribution. I don't know if you can see my hands. Can you see my hands? Mm -hmm. Okay. So with the with the flu, it goes up like this. Old people die. It drops right off, and then it goes to almost zero and tails out. With um, COVID nineteen, you get that same big mode up here, but in and it drops down. But then instead of tailing out right away. It takes its time going down. So what you've got is people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s dying of COVID-19, and you really don't find that with the flu. And that's a big difference. And then people talking about like herd mentality, or pardon me, you know, herd uh, about herd immunity kind of thing. Well, we don't have it, so there's no point in talking about it because it's a novel virus, and so so it. The only way to prevent the herd from getting it is isolating and hand washing and quarantining and staying away from other people. 
Now, I, I, I have a question that I would love, love to have answered. And then obviously I'll step off of Venus's show here because it's her show. But one, one final thing just with the, with the uh, COVID-19. And it, it's something that I've speculated. It may be something that belongs on one of our old, other older shows, uh, Tinfoil Hat Society. But in, in your expertise, in your opinion, in what you've seen, is this virus just a natural evolution of something of the flu? Or is this a man-made, maybe even weaponized something that got, got out? Well, you know what? I'm not a big con- conspiracy theorist, okay? But I do know that there's a bioweapons lab in Wuhan, too. So, you know, I mean, you, you can make what you want about that. Oh, can I say one more thing about the a- a- economic issue, though? Mm-hmm. The, the insurance companies in the states have come out today and they're not going to they're not going to insure people um, like, you know, we pay insurance businesses pay insurance into this stuff for these sorts of situations. And the insurance companies who take all of our money uh, and more so in the U.S. don't want to pay out. And and in Canada, what's happened is the federal government has has put programs into place to bail people out and to help small businesses so that people don't go bankrupt. Um, and, more, and banks are deferring mortgage payments um, interest-free uh, for six months. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay your mortgage, but eventually, you know, you, you know people, people who are self-employed and do not have an income We'll be able to get eighteen hundred bucks, nine hundred bucks every two weeks. That's Canadian, so that's like five dollars American uh, every two weeks. Um, and and so we're going to get we're going to get through this. Those kinds of aid packages haven't put, been put in place in the U.S. yet. So not only do you have people who are worried about catching COVID nineteen and dying, they're also worried about whether they're going to be able to eat, and and that's kind of a problem. But you know what? Like I said, the entire world economy is going down the tubes right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Then you don't I need don't a PhD to know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So overall, like, when would you expect that this would be pretty much over with? We can go outside. Like this summertime, are we going to be able to go take walks or anything? Or is it still going to be... Keep your so like your six feet away from oh. people. Um, wear masks. Uh, going out. Well, you know what? The mask issue is one that the the, the data are the, the data are still out on the masks. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing a mask, I suppose. But I mean, what what the masks do is they prevent people uh, who are infected and don't know it from spewing droplets around. But um, So if everybody assumes that they're infected, then I guess everybody would be wearing masks. But the masks don't prevent you from getting the disease, really. Um, But like, you know, um, I'm building a house out on an island in the middle of nowhere. And it was supposed to be done by last August. And it's not. So I've been staying with my 85 year old mother. Well, I, I, I walk, I always, I post this on Facebook. Well, I'm going to walk my mom and my dog. And we go out for walks. You can still do that. Um, uh, we go out for walks every day. We just keep, you know, social distance. 
And and the same thing, we'll stop and talk with people, but we stand six feet away from them. Um, so, you know, in that sense, you you can go out and do things. I don't think this is over. And I don't think it's, you know, people are, you know, Trump's trying to say, oh, you know, he wanted to get people back to work by Easter. I started laughing. <laughs> I said, I said, you know, this hasn't even peaked yet. And uh, they've canceled in, in Ontario. They have canceled um, school until the end of May. And they said, and, and I said, wishful, wishful thinking was my response. Mm. I, I really don't think, that, you know, just looking at this stuff, I think we're looking at two more months anyway. Um, oh, nice cat. Nice question. <laughs> that's I, that's I, why I it may seem like that. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> It, 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 just for anybody watching, it seems like I'm not paying attention. The reason being is because I was being distracted by the cat. I'm still listening. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, I think it's funny. We're all we're all sitting here vaping. This is just an aside. It has nothing to do with this. Is when all this like I followed these vaping data because I quit smoking about three years ago and started vaping. And you know when everybody would say vaping vaping is horrible and it's bad and it's killing people and these lung diseases. It's because people were vaping THC that was dissolved in uh, vitamin E acetate that were made in illegal labs. Anybody who's just vaping nicotine or buys it from government outlets buy, or buys their THC pods from government outlets will never be harmed. There's no evidence that vaping nicotine does anything bad for you at all. I mean, outside, outside of what nicotine does, you know, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I, 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 I'd search into that because... Uh, personally, vaping has helped me quit smoking for a little over a year now, like giving up cigarettes. And uh, I, I, of course, I, I researched in when I heard about the deaths and the people like having extreme lung issues. And it was all um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was all third party and and back alley creations to get high rather than just you know uh, making a cloud. Because you know the, the way I always understood, and I, I don't understand the, the chemical compositions of vape uh as some people do but from what i understand it, it's basically just water vapor so for, flavored. for it's flavored water vapor coming out that's it right and and that's what i that's what i was trying to describe to people it's like how is water vapor hurt you any worse than a humidifier a hot shower in a hot shower it's the exact if anything it should be helping to expand and open your lungs because isn't that what you do with vaporizers and and uh Hot, steamy showers. I mean, I used to have a vaporizer running when I was a uh, musician, you know, to open up my lung capacity for vocals. I mean, well, you know, not since I've stopped since I've stopped stopped smoking, I've got my blood pressure's gone down mostly, and uh, I've I can like I can go out and I can run and I don't huff and puff and that sort of thing. Which if I was smoking cigarettes, I would not be able to do. Um, you know, so I. I, I, I'd advise, you know, they, they, they don't want people, I don't know what it is in the States and in Ontario, it's under, I think they, I'm not sure if they made it under 19 to be able to buy any tobacco products, but you know what? Tobacco products are bad, but I got a like really strange hypothesis here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nicotine is as addictive as heroin. Okay. It is. This is this is just fact. We'll take this as fact. And I think that people, the general public who haven't ever smoked and become addicted to nicotine figure, you know, quitting smoking should be easy because the 
the the the side effects, the social side effects of smoking are yeah, there's secondhand smoke and you smell kind of bad, but you know, but the 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 side effects of heroin addiction are you know much more profound socially. So right. un, so inappropriately, people assume it must be easy to quit nicotine when it's bullshit. <laughs> That's it. If you haven't lived in the shoes. Oh, by the way, to answer your question down here in the States, they've actually gone the opposite way and raised tobacco uh, age limits. Uh, Now you have to be 21, which I argue this point uh, with alcohol and and tobacco being 21 within the United States uh, because of the fact that uh, not because of the fact that like, you know, kids should be allowed to 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 buy tobacco and, and alcohol products. My argument is why is it that somebody's considered enough of an adult to be able to elect our our world our world leaders or our, our country's leaders or our municipalities leaders old enough to go to war and die for their country, but not old enough to have a beer or smoke a cigarette? Hey, I can't agree with you more. And actually, you want to know something? This entire thing, this entire raising the age limit to 21 occurred when I was living in beautiful state college, Pennsylvania. Um, and it was under Reagan. And what happened was it was, he, he was going to deny traffic funding or pardon me, infrastructure funding for roads to any States that didn't raise their drinking age to 21. So, uh, actually it might've happened just before I got there because I think Bush was president when I got there. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Reagan did this. So, um, but I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, here's here's my take on it, which is a little bit of a twist from yours, is that because it's like it was 18 in Ontario when I grew up, it's 19 now. But what, what happens is when it's 19, people start drinking when they're like kind of 16, right? But mm. they get they get through their drinking phase by the time they go to college, how we say university in Canada, because college in Canada means like vocational school or junior okay. college. OK. Um, and so they, they've gone through that phase. And then when I was uh, a grad student at Penn State, you know. People hadn't gone through that stage. So they were going out getting shit faced drunk all the time. And, and when they, because they're, you know, like 19 years old or whatever, and they're getting booze and like, I think it just interfered with their education. And then when I was a professor at central Michigan university, it was the same thing, right? As they all go to frat parties and drink, you know, drink until, you know, they, they die of alcohol poisoning. And that doesn't happen in Canada because the kids already got this out of their system. So well, I mean that's a, that's another side of it that that I think is important too and the history behind it is important and you're right if you can't if, you know either either increase the age to vote I actually think we should have an IQ test is if your IQ isn't over 85 you can't vote mm-hmm. I, I agree. If you're if you're not a citizen of the country, you can't vote in the country. You have to have a decent amount of understanding, uh, which would go fall under intelligence. And I I, I mean, I know that this is where this is where people would classify me as alt right. But I mean, if you're not a citizen of the country, you're not smart enough to make an uh, informed decision. You shouldn't have that right. If you're not well, mature if you're not a enough, citizen, 
if you're not a citizen, you can't vote anywhere. I hope. God, yeah, I but hope that's the case. Yeah, but unfortunately, yeah. down here, down here, the Liberal Party wants to change that. They they feel that uh, undocumented uh, immigration well, should be classified as still citizenship enough to. What, oh, so citizenship is on a scale now from not from from extremely not a citizen to extremely a citizen. <laughs> exactly. Like, not necessarily a citizen, but because they live here, they should have a voice. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I certainly did. I, I, I agree with you on that on that point. I mean, um, I, I, here's a little example, though, of things that I, the failure of the American education system, at least in in grade school and high school, because I used to ask, you know, I have a friend who was a colleague of mine and, and he was blown up in the Vietnam War and um, and became. Uh, after he came back, okay, what happened was he was stateside and he was a drill sergeant. And then what Tet Offensive occurred and they just shipped everybody over, right? He was in Vietnam for one day. He got blown up by a bamboo rocket. Mm. And the nurse, and then he was recovering at Walter Reed and the nurse that who was taking care of him, who he's never seen in his life, they ended up falling in love. And um, so they were driving out west after he got discharged. And she's they she said she was telling me this story. They they stopped on the, the side of a mountain. Of course, he couldn't see it. And she said to him, well, Dan, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And he said, well, I was thinking I'd listen to books on tape. She said, uh-uh. And they headed off to University of Washington, and they both got PhDs in uh, psychology and psychometrics. This guy learned how to do uh, how, how to do matrix algebra when he was blind. Okay, can you imagine learning how to do matrix algebra when you were blind? Anyway, I can't they, imagine uh, doing it seeing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the two the, the two of them eventually became uh, some of the world's most renowned scientists in the area of measurement of PTSD. Not treating PTSD, but understanding the different facets of PTSD. And they were colleagues of mine at Central Michigan University. Anyway, we used to go out and drink on on Friday evenings and I was saying something about my students and he'd say, Bobby, 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 you think these people are smarter than they really are. Why don't why don't you give them a little quiz? So I put together a little quiz and I'll, I'll just give a couple examples. Uh, who won the Vietnam War? Most 90 percent say the U.S. Well, that's the wrong answer. The right answer is probably nobody did. The second right answer is the North Vietnamese, but the definitely wrong answer is the U.S. Then the other one was, okay, what's the capital of Canada? 95% say Toronto, okay, when it's Ottawa. And it's like, okay, you guys don't even know that. And, and, and then it turns out that I read a study that like 30% of, of American students can't identify the United States on a map of the world. Um, and so, like, a lot of them pick Australia because it seems to be just by itself with nothing else around it. <laughs> because every map that you have in the States doesn't, it's just got the U.S. there and nothing else, right? Well, unfortunately, United States United States kids look at a map, and unless, unless the United States is broken up into little colored sections, they don't know. 
like the rest the rest of the world's all green but the united states yeah. is purple and red and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so venus i'll shut up now oh no that's okay you can carry on if you wanted um <laughs> so it's actually pretty interesting listening okay <laughs> so wow where do i go from here <laughs> so okay so here's a quick question so with your research, are we thinking that, that, that COVID-19 came from bat eating? Or is that just a rumor that everyone's hearing? You that know, just a from myth. Where? From eating a bat. Oh, I think that's somebody's joke. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. You know what I did? If it didn't come from an accidental release in Wuhan from their bioweapons. So we're hinting stop, at that. And, and I'm going to dismiss that one because I don't think the Chinese really wanted to take out as many, you know, their own people, okay, to just test the spread of a virus. Uh, I'd be hoping they wouldn't. Is The whole issue is these wet markets. Is wet markets, that's where you got all these different kinds of live animals that uh, are all stacked on top of one another and their feces drop down on what did I say? Their their shit drops down on each other, and viruses come down on each other, and then the viruses mutate, and they end up in the water that's in the middle of the market, and they mutate more, and eventually they jump species to something else, and then they jump species from that to humans, and then we're fucked. Can I say that word? No, you're, fine. <laughs> you're fine. Oh, so, yeah. So anyway, so I mean, now. Uh, Z outlawed wet markets. We'll see how that goes because, you know, the Chinese like to, you know, they like to eat stuff that came from their wet markets. And, and you know, like, you know, somebody was, uh, the, the joke was on that, that meme kind of was on the internet that, that I saw, I saw it today or yesterday, last night was, was and pe people said that, only you know one person can't change the world, but what if that one person eats a bat? And and I say, well, or an undercooked bat. But you know, uh, and then somebody I posted it and somebody said, Well, that's kind of racist. I said, No, it's not. I said it's kind of humorous. I said the whole point is, you know, every everybody's got so goddamn politically correct now that that you know, you, you can't tell a joke without offending somebody, okay? And I said, I said, you know, here's the deal is People get all upset in North America because, like in Korea and Vietnam, they eat dogs and cats. I said, well, you know what? The Hindus get really upset that we eat cows. And I was in Thailand, and I'm sure I ate dog. And I don't care what other people eat. It's, it's, and, and you know what? Fish markets, fi fish aren't doing it. It's not fish. If you go to the wharf in San Francisco— or in Halifax, in Nova Scotia, to buy fish, it's the same as a video that uh, the Daily Caller just posted, uh, uh, you know, about wet markets, except that they, were, they started out just focusing on a fish market. Well, fish don't do this, okay? And of course, you go to a fish market, they're chopping the heads off of fish, and there, you know, there's blood and guts all over the place. Fish don't do this. And, you know, so like when I was saying, you know, I'm kind of in the middle, I I read from both the right and the left. 
And about as far right as I go is National Review and the Daily Caller. And about as far left as I go is the Toronto Star. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, which would be left of, uh, for example, CNN, okay? I don't pay, you know, I did, uh, I, I did a little research online. And uh, because I saw somebody else had, had, had mentioned something like this. So I just wanted to see. And I listed all of the real news anchors from Fox News. And I listed all of the people who are, you know, bullshit, like entertainers, like Geraldo and Hannity and Carlson and this sort of thing. People can't identify people like Chris Wallace, okay, who was a real journalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a problem. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, the, it, and I also, I also posted something the other day. I said, well, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be Darwinism at its best. People who believe Trump are going to be more likely to die of COVID-19. <laughs> Say, you know what? I'm serious. It's true. If you believe this guy, <laughs> you'll end up dying of COVID-19. I mean, I, I'm a, I personally uh, am a Trump supporter, and it's not because I think he's the greatest president who ever lived or whatever. Uh, as I described when I voted for him in 2016, it's because I was picking the lesser of three evils. I didn't well, want a communist, and I sure as hell didn't want Hillary Clinton. I've well, already been through, 20, I've already been through two terms of Clinton. I know what that's like. Okay. <laughs> 2018, 2018 was a nightmare. I mean, it, it was, you're right. It was choosing the, the lesser of, of the evils. Um, and uh, un- unfortunately, Trump didn't handle this very well. And if people pay attention to him, to what he's, you know, like he, he's been playing this down uh, for he was golfing when it was first, you know, it was what, January 19th or something? He was golfing and he didn't care. And then he got back. Oh, we got 10 cases. We got this under control. You don't have to worry. And I'm going, I'm going, this guy's going to, this guy's going to kill the United States. And, and so people need to listen to the health guys and stop listening to Trump right now because he's still trying to downplay it. And it's a bad situation there. Well, well me, we, let... we should not be listening to politicians when it comes to medical stuff in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Too many people rely on politicians. Like, the, like you can't trust politicians. They don't have a PhD. They don't study medicine. They're they're not credible. Um, I, I want to ask you something you quickly. The medical doctors, the medical doctors, don't know anything either because it's like my dad was an MD. Okay. And MDs aren't scientists. Good MDs are good at diagnostic problem solving and bad MDs are bad at diagnostic problem solving. I used to tell my dad he was an overpaid plumber. Plumber, Good plumbers are good at uh, diagnostic problem solving. Same with electricians and bad ones aren't. Um, So doctors aren't scientists, except if they're working in research hospitals like Johns Hopkins, University of Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'll shut up, ask you a question. Okay, so um, this is my last question. We'll have to, and we'll we'll carry on with our days. Um, <laughs> so, so um, okay, so the mutations of this COVID nineteen. So we have eight mutations of this already going around the world and whatnot. 
Um, I'm constantly getting into arguments with people on the internet because, of course, people on Facebook know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they read it somewhere. And no matter where you read it, we're finding contradicting stories about everything everywhere. You know, like even one university will say something contradictory to another university study and blah, 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 blah. So we already have talk of a vaccination going around. And this vaccination as far as some people are arguing, is that it's going to be a one-time vaccination to end all vaccinations. And then we have other people... That will never happen. That will never happen. (laughs) Yeah, we have other people arguing that it's going to be like a a yearly flu shot because it keeps mutating. So we already have the eight mutations going around. So what would be your your prediction about a vaccination? Okay, well, first of all, from what I've read... Okay, and I'm no expert on on how, how quickly you can develop vaccinations, but from what I've read is they're saying 18 months, right? But then once we have one, it's going to be like the flu, and and it's going to be a a, a crapshoot. It's a, it, you know the flu this year the the the, the flu vaccine this year was about 60 percent effective, and that's damn good. Okay, because they're just taking guesses when they're doing this. Usually in North America, we model it after Australia because they're just the other side of the world from us and they get hit with the strain of the flu and we kind of model it after them. But, you know, a few years ago, they were only it was only 20 percent effective. Right. And then when it's only 20 percent effective, a lot of old people die. It's still better than nothing, it turns out, because it tends to reduce the symptoms in healthy people and you know 20% is better than 0% but but 60% is a hell of a lot better than than 20% my 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 advice is don't listen to much be careful be careful with what you read on the internet i go to health canada and the cdc websites about two or three times a day uh, interestingly enough I had to correct the medical officer of health in Sudbury. And the way I did it was indirectly because the medical officer of health in North Bay is a friend of mine. And I listened to the medical officer of health. This would be for Americans. This would be the head of public health for a county or something. Okay. Okay. Uh, And I said, uh, I got in touch with him and I said, Penny Sutcliffe is spe- is spreading misinformation, and and because the first cases that we had, there was a in in northern Ontario, it was a guy who was at a conference in Toronto. Now we know that this takes about fourteen days, um, and he was back. incubation period. Yes, yeah. so he he was back in Sudbury. Five days after he was in the at, at the conference, and uh, he said, "Well, she said, well, we've no problem. It, it, it he couldn't have infected people at the conference. Well, that was just absolutely dead wrong based on what we know about the incubation period. So I got in touch with Jim Chirico, who's a good, he's a good public health guy, and he got in touch with her and said, you need to revise what you said because you're misinforming the public.'" And, you know, there's a fine line that you got to, 
you, there's a fine line here that you got to ride. It's a razor's edge in some sense. You don't want people panicking. And you also don't want people not to take this seriously. And so it is a fine line, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and I uh, I think you're right, Venus, though, is it's going to end up being a yearly thing once they develop a vaccine. Uh, I'm convinced they'll develop a vaccine. I'm, they're, they're, you know, the, the, virolo- the virologists are very good at doing this kind of stuff. And it's not like it's just the people, it's virologists in the U.S. It's virologists around the entire world who are trying to uh, develop this sort of thing. So, um, I just, I just have a couple quick questions that I was, I was sitting on, uh, you know, I'll shoot them both at the same time and it'll be, you know, the final questions I'll ask. Uh, the, the first thing you were talking back when, with the, with the wet markets and stuff, uh, you were mentioning like animal feces and stuff and, and it really brought into the mind, like, uh, we we talk when we talk about the COVID nineteen uh, infections and of course the respiratory being the 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 way that it's uh, it's spread, you know we take it in, you know, uh, I don't want to use the term orally, but uh, we breathe it in. That's how we get it. What about animals? Like what it, what is it about animals? Are they immune to it or are they just susceptible? And we well, should be. You know, I read something online today that said that. Dogs and cats are getting it, but I don't know if I believe it because I haven't seen the data. Okay, so I'm not convinced yet. Well, I got it. Are you still there? Sorry, I just just got an emergency alert on my phone about something about COVID-19 and I just dismissed it. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but but anyway, my phone (laughs) anyway, uh, I think, you know. I think if we follow the rules, we're going to be okay. I think it's you know, the situation you're in where your boss has managed to get you guys back to work. You know, that's, I see that as being problematic. You know, when, when Trump wanted to reboot the economy by Easter, I, I said that this is insane because what you're going to, what would happen in the U S based on my reading of the data is that, You'd have a peak, and then all of a sudden, you had right after it, you'd have an immediate reinfection. Okay, right. and and that that could be that would be there's a you know obviously there's a trade off between rebuilding your economy and deaths, and and the world can't function without trade, and the world because it's global economy, right? You know, China, China is the only country, maybe India. That's big enough that they could actually have an internal economy and survive. But the United States can't survive on an internal economy. It's too small. You know, what, 337 million or whatever? You can't do it. And right now you're only trading with Canada and Mexico because the the EU wants nothing to do with you. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, so what, what can I say? And there's only so much that, you know, there are only, what, what, 300 38 million Canadians or so. I mean, yeah, there's a lot more Mexicans. So right. you're going to have to be selling your products. And now, now think about this, though, in terms of like the agriculture industry, where you have migrant workers coming in to pick stuff. We have the same thing going on in Canada. What the hell is going to ha- happen with our crops? Right. You know, uh, oh, oh, one one quick little thing about wet markets is we actually have wet markets in North America, 
We call them farms. And you know what? When those farms get infected with some kind of bird flu, we go in and we cull the entire farm. Well, I just got another warning on my phone. I don't something must be going on. Uh, anyway, we call the we call the entire farm. So, you know, it's not like you have a market with live chickens in downtown New York City. Okay, and nor do we in Toronto. <laughs> okay, so in North America, we do have we do have wet markets. They just we just don't call them that. I think I think it's fair that any open market would would probably classify as a wet market. Like I'm I'm thinking being from Philly, I'm thinking of Fishtown, which we have the fish market, which is an open market. You know, yeah, and but, again, we we've had the conversation before about fish isn't the one that's pushing it, but I mean, yeah. it still kind of classifies what you're talking about yeah, in a sense yeah. of like we have the Italian markets uh, down in South Philly. You've seen it in the Rocky movies. Uh, Rocky was running through yeah. them. open open stalls selling I, uh, actually, fruits just, and vegetables. As an aside, I I love Philly. Like I mean, I I lived in State College. I'd get to Philly a lot. Thank you. I still <laughs> I still don't like cheesesteaks. Oh, but, but I've been at amazing Thai restaurants in Philly. <laughs> yeah, we, doing, I, we, we were doing consulting in, in new jersey for uh, uh computer science corporation which is one of the defense contractors yes i have no morals um and uh um, um we would rather be in philadelphia than camden <laughs> so, so do most people in new jersey Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's why they closed the bridges uh, right now uh, the, the the quarantining areas uh, New York and New Jersey they'll allow people like say from from the other states to to come in you can't leave uh, and I've learned I've learned that through my job because we we work all different areas you know not just Philadelphia we work New Jersey New York uh, Delaware Maryland you know, we'll, we'll go to all those places and we are actually banned from going into Jersey or New York because of the fact that we can't leave. They've actually yep. since closed their borders. Have you have you guys either of you watched this movie with Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman? I think it's it's called Contagion. No. Well, mm, you should. Because it's exactly what's going on right now. It's on Netflix or Crave or one of those. Uh, it's, it, it, I can't believe they made this film because it's virtually identical to what's going on now. I know. It's almost like it's like predicted or, you know, <laughs> planned maybe. Yeah. The, the final, the final question I'll, I'll, I'll toss in. So that way we can, we can get this one over with. And, and I think it's a fitting final one, uh, for, for what we're talking about. Uh, obviously Trump doesn't have it right. Trudeau doesn't have it right. The world doesn't have it right yet. In South your experiences, who's that? South Korea had it had it back. South Korea did the best job. Okay, South Korea. Uh, in in your professional opinion, with all the data that you've seen, all the things that you realistically, when do you think that the 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 quarantines and the the, the peak will finally reach for North America, for Canada and the United States? When do you think that most people could finally relax their guard enough to be able to return to some semblance of normal life, realistically? Christmas. Six or eight weeks. Six, Six or eight, eight weeks would be my guess. But that presupposes that people adhere to the rules. Okay? You know, that 
there that in that in that time frame people are self-quarantining and remember quarantining means is different than isolation isolation means you've tested positive and you can't go anywhere okay right. self-quarantining is like you kind of just are doing it on your own and uh and if people adhere to the rules six eight weeks would be my guess if people don't adhere to the rules never <laughs> so that, that's my bleak prediction right <laughs> that's that's a little bleak i wouldn't say never but but i mean it'll it will be longer and that's that's the the, the whole problem you know oh this gets back to the issue of cats and dogs you, you reminded me for something it's like you know pigs are way smarter than cats or dogs and we're more than willing to eat pork i see nothing wrong with eating cats and dogs as long as they don't come from a wet market <laughs> i mean for survival yeah i'm not someone who eats pork so if i had to for survival i would eat pork but on any given day no thank you <laughs> yeah well my kid my kid doesn't like it if i buy a uh, rabbit you know <laughs> so it's like i'm eating the easter bunny <laughs> I, I drive my mother-in-law nuts because i like venison oh, <laughs> oh me too that is so Yes. And I, I I constantly bug her like when I cook it up. She's like, Oh, I can't stand the smell of it and everything. And I'm sitting down eating it and I'm just like, Don't worry, it's not Bambi's mom. <laughs> well, Venus, you get I mean, you're in an area where you must be able to get a lot of wild game. Um, yeah, we have a meat shop around here. So we get venison, we get buffalo, we get lamb, we get a lot of nice stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotta start sending yeah, me some. Amazing. <laughs> Well, the borders are still open for mail, so that that's good. Um, so, any any last um, things to add to this? Or any last comments? Jane, uh, well, I, you. <laughs> it's, 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 I sent I, I sent Venus, you know, because you know Venus is far younger than I am. I sent her the Dan Aykroyd point counterpoint this morning with Jane Curtin and I have with, nice. a, with Jane Uigrin's slant. And I think she got a kick out of it. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think yeah. one of the big things, I think one of the big things is for, for our listeners, I guess one of the, the, the final points I'll bring up is uh, uh, Dr. Sinclair. Do you, do you have any, uh, way for people to contact you uh maybe not directly i'm not talking about like a phone number or anything but like if they wanted to ask questions or get further information do you have uh contacts yeah, they, or, they or, could email or, me unless i'm going to get overwhelmed uh bob <laughs> dot sinclair bob dot s-i-n-c-l-a-i-r seven six at gmail.com okay so that way, guys, if you want to if you want to talk to Dr. Sinclair and maybe uh, ask some questions that we didn't, you, you guys can find it. I'll make sure it's in the description down yeah. below of, of the. They can, uh, of this they can also they can also go to my LinkedIn link. I think I'm Robert Sinclair there, Doctor Robert Sinclair. Blah blah blah. On <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn. Right. I, I, it's, right. funny. it's funny because when I was a professor, I told my students, "Don't call me Doctor." I said, you know, the part of the reason is. I, I, you know, for some, I think that I think that the that the people who are no good, who are useless scientists, are pretentious, and 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 they like to, you know, enforce this like distance between them and the students. And I always felt like, gee, 
it's better to have them feel kind of like you're they're on your level you're on the same level so they will actually ask you questions and and i would try my you know i i always i always said you know look at when your mom told you there was no such thing as an ugly baby or baby or a stupid question she was wrong on both counts but um but i i'd also point out that i'm very good at not embarrassing people when they ask stupid questions like it might be going through my head my god that was a fucking stupid question (laughs) and and i'll and and i'll rephrase it so that it isn't a stupid question so the student saves face right i I appreciate you doing that for me today so (laughs) (laughs) uh nobody asked anything stupid today (laughs) (laughs) thankfully all right then well i guess that concludes our little bit of uh research information on the COVID 19. um so we'll call this a wrap um you guys can find me on facebook on uh, venus chan um instagram is venus uncensored you can email me at venus uncensored at gmail.com um it's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me um and chris well, of course, you can find me right here for Realm of the Mist Entertainment uh, on many of the different podcasts, including uh, interview shows like Breaking the Fourth Wall, co-hosting here, finally back with It Had to Be Said with Venus. And, of course, welcome back. Glad to have you back. And, of course, uh, many other shows. In fact, later on in about 10 minutes, I will be on for After Hours. So, guys, make sure you're checking that out. And, of course, uh, while you're there, like, share, comment, subscribe, check out all the other podcasts, and go over to our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop and uh, video game Let's Play needs. And if you prefer your podcast in audio-only format, no problem. We got you covered. Just look up Rome of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Can you guys both send me the links to both oh, of the sites, please? Absolutely. You got my email address, so send it. Send them along. Absolutely. Yes, we could definitely do that. And thank you very much for joining our podcast today. It's Dr. been fun. Oh, call me. Yeah, she, she, that's the first time she's ever called me that. <laughs> <laughs> she's being professional for the camera. Usually, usually she's, Bob, you asshole. I can't believe you believe you think this way. <laughs> I know. Me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to, like, overcredit the show too much, I guess. <laughs> We got an actual doctor here. <laughs> well, what I think is what I think is funny, just to point off, uh, just to point off a little bit here. Normally, we're a lot more uh, vocal and and brash. I think we've been on our best behavior this episode. <laughs> it's because we have an actual <laughs> expert here. We're on our best behavior today. <laughs> I know we can, we don't have time to make stupid remarks when there's actual science going off. <laughs> like, wait, this we've guy can actually contradict us. And- <laughs> this guy can actually contradict us, and we can't prove him wrong. <laughs> Let's behave. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's like I've always said is is like you know, opinions are like assholes. We all have them. They all stink. It's so when when the when the when the data don't support your opinions, it's time to change your opinions. <laughs> exactly. That's where it's lived right there in this day and age. But again, thank you very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Sinclair. Oh, I, I had an absolute blast. Call me uh, Bob, damn it. <laughs> Bob, damn Bob, it, okay. Bob, damn it. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> there, see? <laughs> 
All right. All right. Thank you, everyone, and enjoy your week. Till next time. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.